Hey, On The Clock fans, you're listening to another episode with your hosts Raul Lascano and George Martinez as they square off and tackle all of today's hot topics in sports news, trends, current issues happening locally and nationally, as well as highlighting some of our local student athletes across the Sunshine State. Now, welcome your hosts, Raul Lascano and George Martinez. You're on the clock. What's going on on the clock radio? This is Raul Lascano with my right-hand man, George Martinez, for another beautiful episode of On the Clock. And we got so much to talk about. We have so much to do. Hey, George, say what's up to the people, man. What's going on, bro? What up? Let's get it. Absolutely, man. Listen, for you fans, we got so much to talk about on this beautiful, beautiful Wednesday, October the 14th, 2020. Let me tell you something. This is going to be a jam-packed show. We have so much subjects we really have to get to. We got to talk about Le'Veon Bell being released, Dak Prescott ankle being hurt, going to Dalton now, running the show, Michael Thomas not being able to play. We got Jimmy G getting benched. We got Alex Smith joining. He jumps on the field again. He gets to see his quarterback position uh, in the NBA. Of course, my Miami Heat took a loss, which that's okay. Jimmy G vowing to come back so he could try to win a championship back in Miami. Uh, we're going to talk about the Lakers. LeBron wants respect, man. Do we give it to him? Is he now become the GOAT? Is he in the, in the contest? Is he in the runnings? Uh, we're going to talk about that too, man. Also in the NCAA, man, big news coming out of Florida Gators. Uh, 19 positive cases coming out of the University of Florida. We got to talk about that. Uh, that sounds like a Titans uh, ignoring protocol type thing. Uh, our main guy, Joshua Youngblood, who we had here on the show from Kansas State, has jumped into the transfer portal. We're going to jump and see what places he might be able to land. And, of course, uh, we're going to talk about the Heisman Watch. Who do you have? Who you have winning? Who you got then in the in the race? And it's all on this show, man. That's a lot of subjects to go through. Stick around. Don't go nowhere. Lock on in. You're on the clock, man. George, my guy, my champ, my right hand man. What's going on with you? How's the family, bro? Family's good, man. I'm licking wounds right now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God for our Jefferson Dragons pulled out a victory over oh. the, oh, on Friday night. Because other than that, my Bucks lost on Thursday. My yeah. Gators lost on Saturday. Yeah, I know. I know your, I, your your Miami Hurricanes lost. I got destroyed by Clemson and destroyed okay. by a very pissed off LeBron James <laughs> and the Lakers, and then had so, fifty million people freaking text me and tell me about it. So the only thing that saved my weekend was going into and knowing that our J boys pull out the win. Right. Shout shout out shout out to the offensive line, two hundred forty seven yards rushing. That's beautiful, man. Malik Maison ran the ball well. It was a good team win. But I'm doing good, man. It was, you know, still got boxes everywhere, moving into the house still. Yeah. I know that's, you know, fans, as, as we kind of work with us through the schedule here, we got a lot of bumps and bruises as we kind of move along with it. Uh, Raul, outside of Miami, getting the, the brakes beat off, how was how was your weekend? Well, of course, the Jefferson Dragons, they saved us, man, my Hurricanes, which we'll talk about was a good measuring stick for those guys. And also the Heat, you know, they lose, they lost. But my Dolphins, we beat the crap out of the 49ers. And we benched Jimmy G for that game. So um, we did good. But it was a good weekend, man. I, I can't, I really can't complain, man. I'm blessed with the kids. And they keep me young. Uh, especially that little girl every day doing TikTok videos. And then finding out that she's doing TikTok videos behind my back. And I can't even, I don't even know I'm on TikTok yet. So, uh, but it's good, man. I can't complain, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed, man. It's been really good. I actually want to jump into it with you, man, and, and get some of your opinions and, and see where we're at with these things. Because, bro, the NFL has been, I mean, we knew that coming into the season with COVID, we knew with players opting out that this was going to be a very challenging year. 
This is going to be a tough year for a lot of teams, tough for the NFL for scheduling, rescheduling, COVID, all kinds of things that, that were going to go on, man. Um, not to mention, you know, and then you have the normal wear and tear of the game. You know what I mean? Like Le'Veon Bell, he was placed on injury reserve. Uh, injured, injury reserve? Is that what it's called? IR? IR is called injury reserve. <laughs> we're going to call it injury reserve, man. He was placed on there, man, and now he's being released. So is the injury that bad that he can't recover and they don't want to waste time with him? Or they're just finding no. excuses to get rid of him? Yeah, so when you want to trade a guy, you got to keep him healthy because it, it's an asset, right? You look at it from a company standpoint, if your asset isn't healthy, no one's going to want him. No one's going to want to trade for him. His value goes down. So my personal opinion is, because Le'Veon Bell came out and said he was perfectly healthy when this whole quote-unquote hamstring injury Came out, they put him on the, this this short term IR list, which is about three weeks. He didn't play for three weeks. They were shopping him. They were shopping him. They were trying to yeah, trade him, but keep like- him, but keep him at arm's length where he couldn't get hurt. That way, his his value didn't go down. Um, he was due. He's due a roster bonus in two days. The reason why he got cut today so is he's pay them due. In. <laughs> he's due several million dollars. Wow. In a couple of days, um, and the Jets just don't want to pay him that. So they try to trade him. No one, no one wanted to uh, pony up anything um, I, from from sources here. And you know, ESPN.com. It seemed like they were asking for late round picks. They were looking for a fifth or sixth round pick for him. Has he, he fallen off that much that you need a fifth rounder? Well, I mean, you know, salary wise and, and roster bonus wise, you know, yeah. I, I think money comes into a factor also. That's true. You know, the question I got for you is, who signs him? I know. I, I, I have a great oh, here we candidate. Go. Here we go. I have a great candidate here, but I want to get your thoughts first. I'm sure you're going to say your bucks. Your no, bucks. no, 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 no. I, I mean, another running back? <laughs> yeah, 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 right. <laughs> Leonard Fournette, LeSean McCoy, well, McCoy, and Le'Veon Bell. Well, McCoy hasn't really produced and, anything and, anyway. I know because I have Rogers a fantasy actually, team. And Rogers actually running the ball well. Right. right. Uh, so, so who do you think signs him? I don't know. Running backs, to me, is a necessity at any level – as far as any team that goes in the NFL, I mean, I don't, I don't think, and I think in the NFL too, it's it, it's not like how it was back in the day. Back in the day, you had Thurman Thomas, and then you don't even remember who the hell his backup was. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, you had you had you know Terrell Davis. I can't even tell you who his backup was. Ricky right. Waters, you know, what I mean, Emmitt Smith, all these guys. So the the one down back getting forty carries is that's pretty the much out the cow. window. Yeah, the yeah. bell cow doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't, man. So I think every team needs a running back. Where he had lands the most and, and produces. Now, right over across the way, the Giants lost a freaking huge uh, uh, Barkley at running back. They could use a running yeah. back. They, they signed Devontae Freeman. They did. They actually did. Doing well. He's doing well, and, I, 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 and they're not a contender. They still need a one-two you know punch. I mean? You could sign him for a one-year deal. Yeah, but Le'Veon's going to want if, – if Le'Veon goes to a team he's going to want to go, might as well stay with the Jets. He might as well, yeah. <laughs> he the Giants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he exactly. He can I mean, now Patriots. You think Patriots? That's that's got to be it. That's got to be the that's one, it. right? I'm just thinking of that meme that has Bill Belichick running or you know walking <laughs> quickly. It says, "I'm I'm coming to get him." Here comes Bill Belichick coming to get him. Yeah, he, you ever seen the one where? Yeah, the meme you're talking about is the one where he's in WWE, right? And he's walking. Yes. Down, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, that's the one. He's coming to get him because it makes sense. It makes sense for them. They need a running game. They need a back. They do. So Michelle isn't doing well. 
you know, he fits that patient style type of running that the Patriots O-line has. He, I think it's a good combination with Le'Veon Bell. I think there's not many destinations. There really is. Because you got to have a culture. You got to have a head coach that can right. withstand, you know, the Le'Veon Bell, the, the way he is, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we're, we're starting to see, you know, I, I saw a tweet earlier today from, from a, a Pittsburgh Steelers player. It, it's interesting how players that leave the Steelers get exposed for some of the character and cultural issues they have going on. A lot of people are like, man, what's Pittsburgh doing getting rid of Antonio Brown? And why are they right. doing getting rid of Le'Veon Bell? Well, I think now you're, people are starting to see it. People saw what happened with, with Antonio Brown. He's not in the league anymore. Right now, this is Le'Veon Bell's – he's on another team once again uh, for the third time here in, in the recent years. I think he ends up with the Patriots, a contender, a coach that can coach him up, um, and a scheme that's going to fit him. That's that's my take. I think well, he lands there, especially with a uh, team that that's not going to put up with his crap. You know, Bill's not right. going to put up with that crap. He's right. just not going to. And then people don't understand the locker room. Well. Yeah, they don't understand the locker room aspect of it, man. When you and I being coaches, we can see locker rooms. You know, you know what mm-hmm. kind of team you're going to be. You know, what I'm saying same thing with these guys, man. You you have no idea what's happening with them. So when the, when he left the Steelers, I was like, oh, it's not his it's not his ability. It's his freaking something personal is happening. And then, like Michael Thomas. Not to switch gears here, but Michael Thomas, speaking of personalities oh in the locker room, like, oh boy, I understand the whole competitiveness in practice. Just so it's the fans understand, happen. Michael Thomas missed the game because of an altercation. So that means not because of injury, not because of injury, of an okay. altercation that happened at practice with a cornerback, right? And me and me and you know this. <laughs> we love we we love jaw jacking with with the kids, and we oh, yeah. you keep it competitive. And once you get off the field, that's about it. That's it. It ends there, right? But when it comes to blows, and you're throwing blows. This is no longer competitiveness. You you actually don't like that guy. You know what I mean? You've been playing f- sports long enough to know that you're not supposed to swing on your own teammate and get pissed off. You know what I mean? Now, let me tell you what he swung him for. Yeah, yeah let, let everybody know because it's hilarious. So, At the same point, it's hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to set the audience up. It's hilarious what this cornerback said, but you got to go into but, detail why. You, you got to have tougher skin than this. Oh, absolutely, right? it's, it's, especially it's, when you play in the NFL. Yeah, you're yeah. being a little sensitive. So... You know, Michael Thomas plays receiver. Uh, Gardner, Johnson Gardner, plays DB for the Saints. And these two guys are lined up at practice. Now, a little backstory. Gardner played at Florida. Michael Thomas played at Ohio State. And, you know, Michael Thomas goes out in practice. A couple of balls go his way. And he goes 0-2 in, in, in targets against Gardner. You know, after the second one, Gardner decides to get up and and tell Michael Thomas, yeah, good job, Mr. Ofer, just like you were at Ohio State. And for people that don't know, he's referencing the Gators were 2-0 and against Michael Thomas' Ohio State team in college that Gardner played on. So do you think about years later? That was years ago. That Florida played Ohio State and went two and zero against him. Here, here's Garner kind of poking the bear a little bit about him going zero and two against Florida, and and Garner shut him down because Garner was lined up against him quite a bit in that in the, in those games. And Michael Thomas turned around and punched him in the face. But see, this is where I'm telling you. This is how I know you just hit you just hit a key, a phrase or sentence in there. You just hit it right on the head. This happened years ago. 
Years ago. So when you get upset that much, that means Gardner has been doing this to you for the last <laughs> two years. You know what I mean? Like years. this has been going on that you have just now reached your level of pistivity and you're like, oh, you know yeah. what? I'm gonna hit this motherfucker. I'm gonna punch him in the face. Now I don't know if the altercation, the punch got him, but I know the argument that ensued with his head coach Sean Payton is what cost him that that game. Yeah, so Sean Payne pulled him aside and and was talking to him about the about the punching and the altercation and him and Michael Thomas had some words. That's um, a shame. And man. It was either it was either conversation around, hey, you're gonna bench this week, you're not gonna play because of the fight, or how that conversation transpired led to the the one game suspension. It was a team discipline rule. Um, it's how it was noted when when he was inactive. So hopefully he uh, makes it out, you know, this week onto the field and, and he's healthy and, and can play again. Uh, one guy that's not going to be taking the field at all is uh, Dan Quinn. He gets fired yeah. after going 0-5. God. 0-5, lost another game over the weekend. But uh, it, him and the GM both get fired. Yeah, they got to go. Team, they got to go. Think about, think about how quickly things change in, in the NFL. Yeah. They were just in the Super Bowl, up twenty-eight to three. What was it two years ago? Two years ago against the Patriots. Since yep. then, they have never been the same. Last year, so coming off of that Super Bowl, they got off to a one and four start. Yes, win six in a row towards the end of the season. Six and two, you know they seem to patch things up. Things seem to be on the up and up. And this year they start out zero and five. Do you think that happens again this year? That they go on another run and they were just waiting for Quinn to make his move? Because I don't. I, I just. I don't think so. I think that's why they fired him. That's bro, why they fired him. This this was coming, though. This was. Like, if anybody's surprised in Atlanta or anywhere else around the United States, football wise, like, you're, you've are you been living in a deep, dark hole. How, after watching that, the, the freaking demantle that happened to them against the Cowboys and not being coached up on special teams. Bro, this is this is just. we. This was coming. This was. This, we just been waiting. We, we're surprised it got to week five. Well, I'm surprised it got this long. They should have been yeah, week so, two or three. <laughs> what surprised me about it also was who they named the interim head coach. So you have you have two coaches to me on on the staff that have head coaching experience. Right. You got Raheem Morris, and yep. then you have Dirk Cutter. Yes. Raheem Morris got named interim head coach. Yeah. Out of those Over guys, though, who was who was the head coach recently though? Derek Cutter, he was he was head coach for the Bucks just two That's years right. ago. That's right. Yeah. So before, was Raheem Morris. Bruce, but for for Raheem, it's been five six years since he was the last head coach because he's been on the Falcons staff for the he's one of the longest tenured guy. Dan Quinn brought him in when Dan Quinn took over. So maybe it's seniority. Maybe he's like, yo, I'm gonna give it to Raheem. He's been the longest. Yeah, you know. So I listened to a podcast earlier today as I was you know driving around and. The Rich McKay was on there, right. which is, you know, one of the executive VPs for the Falcons. Right. And they talked about, you know, the, the reason why they moved Raheem was because his relation with the players. Oh, he, has, he has a great relation with the players. Their players respect him and trust him. Didn't he have um, that at the Bucks I, as well, too? I, I thought I remember reading was, that he did that at the Bucks as well. Yeah, when, when Shiano got let go um, and, and Raheem took over, that was one thing everybody raved about was his connection to the players and how he can relate and, and have right. that conversation with them. And it says more about him, but also think about Dirk Cutter. 
you can't relate to your players to that level? Of course not. There's some coaches that just can't, man. There's some coaches that it's not a bad thing that you can't relate. He's probably a nice guy. Players probably like him. But there's always going to be coaches that they're, that the players are like, yo, I can identify with this guy a little bit more. Right. You know right. what I mean? So it's, it's always going to be that way. And it sounds like that was it for right. the Falcons. Right. Now, the question is, if they make a run, does Raheem take over? Absolutely. Who? It's that, it's that old rule. Who has the hot hand? Who has the yeah, hot man, hand? You got a guy, if you got a guy like Eric from the from the Kansas City Chiefs available. Oh, well, then, yeah. That's true. Too. You know what I mean? Do you, what do you do? Yeah. What do you uh, do? They're going to give it to the seniority guy just because, like you just you said. So? Yeah, just like you said, knows the players really well, really respect him. You bring somebody else in that the player's like, yeah, he deserves it, but at the same time, you're like, yo, we love Raheem. You know, and right. that's one of those things that love becomes more. So if Raheem fails it, then, you know, you hopefully Eric is still available. Can, but can, can can the organization afford a bad hire? Because if you hire Raheem and he doesn't do well, did you waste an opportunity on Eric? Bro, I'm going to tell you right now, Matt Ryan does not have that many more years. Julio Jones yeah, doesn't thing. either. That's it. Yeah, and, and man, you, you, talk, you hit that on the nail there. Think about the careers, because all I think about when you say Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and not having many years left, I think of Calvin Johnson. Right. Right. How he never had the opportunity to play in the Super Bowl. Ever. And he should never have. He was such a dominant wide receiver. Him and Matt Stafford, for that sake, right? Because Stafford's yeah. still there in Detroit, but those two together were a dynamic duo. Absolutely. Right? You think about, think about receivers nowadays grew up watching Calvin. Yep. Julio Jones is in the same category. Julio Jones is a elite, borderline Hall of Fame receiver that hasn't had a ring. Right. Matt Ryan is one of those, you know, I'm not going to call Matt Ryan elite, but he's a very good quarterback i think he has the, the joe flacco syndrome right you know he needs a team around him to do well i don't think he can carry a team anymore um but and todd Gurley's another one right. right he's on that team too right so you know how, how many more games do those guys have at, at an elite level before a decline happens and then i'm going somewhere else i agree man i, I agree and, and you want to see matt ryan finish it out but i don't think they go back and they can't afford to, to to lose more games here, especially the fashion. It, it's not even about like how they're losing. It just hurts even more. If you took a loss, okay, but how you're losing just shows the lack of concentration, the lack of effort, and those are the little things that they should know because they're grown 30-year-old men that know the sport. Right. They've been playing since they've been eight right. years old. You can't really blame a coach because the special teams guy doesn't know to jump on the damn ball after 10 yards. When You, you know what I'm saying? Like you, Even though the special teams coach, you know, you're supposed to go over, but you're like, you know what? So one of the things I didn't think we had to go over was to jump on the ball after 10 yards. I really thought they had that down being 31 years old. You know what I mean? Like, okay, but you can't blame that guy. But I get what you're saying. The, the quarterback that I'm, I'm sad to see, but yet I criticized the most here on the show, was Dak Prescott. Seeing yeah, Dak Prescott's injury alive, how it happened, I don't wish nobody to get hurt. I really don't. Um, but Dak did get hurt. And Dak got hurt, almost not the same injury as Romo, but in the same fashion. You know what I'm saying? Dak has a good... He's yeah. trying to make a play for his team. Got outside the pocket. Exactly. Took off, and there it was. There it was. There it was. Karma waiting for him. And, and now, now you have Andy Dalton, who is an experienced quarterback, who has been proven in the sense of when he had weapons around him in Cincinnati, when he had a lot of weapons around him, he, he, he was a dangerous man. 
it was good. It, it was, was very, very dangerous. And now you have a lot of weapons in Dallas, and you could be a yeah. very dangerous man. Um, you could. Does Dak get healed up and come back and play for the Dallas Cowboys and start for them? Does Jerry Jones do the right thing and and have this young man come back? Because, bro, I'm going to tell you now, I don't know. I have no clue. Yeah, um, if I'm Andy Dalton, I'm walking into a huddle and I see CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, Zeke. I'm happy. I'm <laughs> oh, I'm happy. excited. <laughs> okay. And that old line Yeah, I'm good. So I think Andy Dalton, I think the Cowboys will be fine. I think they'll be in contention. I do think Andy Dalton it was the best backup in yeah. the league. Yeah. Because um, he's a borderline starter, if not a solidified starter. So now we're going to see him kind of come in. He led the Cowboys down to a couple of drives. You know, there at the end of the game, made some phenomenal throws he did. to Gallup and, and got him in a position to win a game. He did I good. think, and it hurts me to say this, I think Dak has played his last down as a Cowboy. He, he might have, Merritt. The writing's on the wall. If Andy Dalton goes on a freaking five-game winning streak, six-game winning streak. Exactly. That's exactly it. Bro, it's a wrap. Exactly it because he's going to be a cheaper option Yep. than Dak is going to be. And they really didn't Dak want to pay him anyhow. Right. They didn't want to pay him anyways. They didn't want to give him that that salary that he was demanding. Right. It's a four to six months injury. So if you really think about it, Dak isn't available till March, right. April. Right before OTAs, yeah. Right before OTA starts. Um, I think he's played his last down. I don't think the Cowboys franchise him a, a, a second time. I don't think so either. I think they lowball him with the deal to say we so offer him disrespectful a deal. if they do that. And I think he goes. I think he goes somewhere else. I, I, I think Dak has played his last down as a Dallas Cowboy. And the injury is not that it's a bad injury. It's just that if he does come back, he'll be backing up Andy Dalton. Yeah, he'll be back up Andy if he does come back. I, I just don't see Andy giving up that reins like the way it is, especially with all those weapons, especially young yeah, weapons. Yeah, um, Andy craps the bed, and the Cowboys go five and eleven. Oh yeah, then I think Dak comes back. Dak but has if Andy does what we all we both think Andy is going to do with those weapons, the line, the the running back, and a defense that I think will continue to get better. I think Dak has played his last down. I agree because off an injury. You know, he could come back from that broken ankle. Because, if you know, just like we're going to go into it, Alex Smith coming back from that major injury, yeah. uh, like, a, like a whole new freaking knee is on his body. You know what I'm saying? Which might be bionic. We need to check it. But Did, did you see the clip was of that? Aaron Donald was on Alex Smith's back? No, I didn't see this. Trying to him. Okay, so he, he's in the pocket. Aaron Donald comes around. He's trying to sack him. He gets on his back. And there's a clip where he is on the leg. Oh, wow. That was replaced or fixed. Oh, wow. Right. And he gets a sack. He goes to the sideline. He goes, man, that dude has a strong leg. Yeah. Because yeah. he held him up. And he didn't, right? so he didn't buckle. And yeah. And, and, and Alex Smith in that, which to me, if you're, the, if you're Washington, can you find a way to block for the guy? For he real. Took five sacks. He took five sacks. In that game, when he came in to substitute in for 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 Allen, can, I mean, good lord, can we please block for the guy, bro? They they have a problem. And again, is it is it is it scheme? Is I just think it's effort. You made the NFL. At, at some point in the pro, at some point of your progression into the NFL, 
you were considered elite in your position. They drafted you. You're in the league. I refuse to believe guys just for a reason. Yeah, I just refuse to believe guys suck all of a sudden. You know what I mean? I just think you're 32 years old, and it's like we mentioned earlier when you said you got to get guys to buy in and stuff. Is it not buying? You not want to block for Alex? You already screwed his knee up once, right? Like you would block think you guy. you guys would block. Give it all you got. And nothing more. Nothing more depressed. And again, if you miss a block, I understand. Guy gets around the edge. A that, stun that happens. That, yeah, that happens. Just a three, four guy. Just a four man rush, just killing you. And again, I know it's Donald. I get it. I get it, Aaron. I get it. You know what I mean? But geez, help Protect me. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, I ask what do I got to do? And then and talk about effort. Did you see AJ Green? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. AJ Green, you know, during the game, just about quit on his team. Yeah. Ran lazy routes. One ball was on a little high. Turn around, he got intercepted. Yeah. He just turned around and just watched the guy run away. Right, man. Now reports coming out that he wants to be traded. Yep. Yep. He he doesn't want to be. He, I don't. And do you blame him though? He had Andy Dalton. He had a decent team. He had those years. The clock on that guy is winding down as well. He's he's almost done as Quickly. well. Quickly. Yeah, he's almost done, man. He wants. He doesn't want to freaking. Be the number one guy killing himself week in and week out, knowing he's getting double teamed. He's got two safety, you know, he's got safety quarterback. Yeah, man. And then now we got a rook throwing me the football every week. Like this is this sucks, man. I'm never I'm he knows I'm never gonna get to a championship. He's gotta go to right. a team. Which team does he go to? Yeah, if he gets traded, it'd be interesting to see where he does go because he does have quite a bit in the tank. I'm gonna tell you um, right now, for whatever reason, your Buccaneers have the hidden treasure on that ship in the stadium. <laughs> they got, they got. I don't know what kind of, of boat money they got bringing in here on the pirate ships of of the port over here in Tampa. But Jesus, they're finding, they're finding treasures in the water in the sea. Okay, bro. Every I time, every time somebody's getting traded, I'm like, man, he might be a buck. <laughs> Maybe he might be, but Dak no. Prescott might be a buck. Like I have no idea. Because <laughs> you guys just keep collecting <laughs> players. <laughs> you do, man. It's ridiculous. You're like every time somebody gets traded, you're like possibly Tom Brady. <laughs> like Jesus, what money do they? Where did this money coming from? Where does this extra cash space come right. from? I feel like the parking uh, meters downtown are I contributing. Like, yeah, like our light bills, the water. It's all going to Tampa Electric. All yeah, there. all of it's, it's going, all going to. It's all earmarked for the Bucks. <laughs> we have the Super Bowl coming. We got to get this crap ready to go. Right, we got to get them. Eventually, we're going to host our our first home Super right. Bowl. No, but I don't think AJ AJ Green comes here. You know, yeah. Godwin's practicing now, so is Fournette. Yeah, and you guys, are, I, 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 hope you, I think you don't have the money, but again, it's the Bucks. <laughs> so know, we'll see. We, we are the new Patriots. You really Things are. Just Things just happen. I felt like the NFL was like, nah. Well, Tom's going where? Nah, here's fifty billion dollars. Go do what you got to do with it. Here you go. Because I, I don't know. They're we'll always just in the room. Increase it. Just keep it under. Just keep it under the table. Yeah. Don't let nobody know. Yeah, don't don't tell nobody. Uh, did you see the stiff arm last night? Uh, the, the, the stiff, stiff arm. The stiff the, arm around the world? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even gonna say the, the DB's name because <laughs> I don't want I, he's already embarrassed as it is. Yeah, he's already you're on a lot of memes right now, buddy. Oh boy. It's only been twelve oh, hours. Boy. Oh boy. If if you have not if you have not seen the stiff arm. Please, please, please. They're not a sports go, fan. Go to our Facebook group on the clock sports talk. You're going to find the clip there. Yep. Okay. So Derek Henry 
you know, runs an outside zone to the left. And a DB makes his best attempt to tackle Derrick Henry one-on-one. Now, this DB is probably about 5'10", probably about 90. But how can you tell when he's sideways? And and, and flying. (laughs) And flying because he flew. He flew on that play. Derrick Henry comes around the side and with his right arm, stiff arms the DB into next week. Bro, his soul came out of his body. The the DB flew more yards than Derrick Henry ran on that play. Because it was like a five-yard gain, and the DB was on the other side of the first down marker. He was, man. Listen, I this is how I know in the NFL they're not doing fucking tackling drills. <laughs> yeah. not, there's no way you're doing wrap-up drills. They're not even tagging up. By that time, they're like, yeah, just you know, shorts, uppers, we're good to go. They're not doing anything because there's no way a DB with a sensible mind Tries to go up top. Right. And tackle. Waist. You don't even try to tackle him at the waist. Hell, his waist is at my shoulders. Right. I am going to go tackle this guy at his knees and his ankles. And ankle. That's it. I'm not touching this big monster. This is a truck guy, moving at 90 miles an hour with nobody behind the wheel. Right. It's dangerous. This guy tried to, to, to make a tackle at Derrick Henry's waist. And Derrick Henry... Told him to get back in the weight room, <laughs> eat noodles, and, and pushed him and pushed him off like he was, like he was a feather. It just it looked effortless. I took the video right because I, I sent it to you already, and it's circulating through our, our our Jefferson group chats that we have with our kids. Yep. yep, I told my kids, I told my running backs, this is how you stiff on from now on. Yeah, we're not doing anything if, else. If a kid doesn't fly five yards. <laughs> You're, you're coming out the game. You're coming out the game. You're not rushing you know anymore. What? You better get your biceps in oh during God. the weight room. You better get your push-ups in because that's that is the the the, the standard is a five yard. And, and you know what? You can off. make you can make like a five and a half six minute highlight clip of just of once. how he stiff armed pretty much everybody in the league or made him look stupid turning in circles. Like Derrick oh Henry God. is just a freaking load, man. Yeah. Lord Jesus, whatever they did at Alabama. I don't even mean Alabama. You ever seen him in high school when he was running the ball? In high school, he Not was cool. Machine. Not cool. It's one of those things where in high school, you know, and we see this all the time. We're going to see this since Friday night. Where you get a varsity team that plays with a borderline, why are you on JV team? Like, if you don't have, like, <sighs> Jesus. that kind of thing. Derrick Henry on in high school looked like a senior in college playing against a bunch of freshmen in high school. Or or, or a peewee team, because it or literally looked like Tyson fighting an infant <laughs> was not cool. <laughs> it was pretty bad. And it was, he was pretty just bad. dominating kids. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm glad because at one point his career was almost over. Right. It was almost done. Um, and it's been resurrected now with, with, with the Titans. He's in a, and, and it goes back to show you, system matters. It does, the, man. These guys matters. And, and this has even for Tannehill. Think about Tannehill got traded away from your Dolphins. God, I know. And they were like, you know what? He's not a quarterback. He's a this. He's a that. And now he's on his third, second, third year here with Tennessee, yeah. doing phenomenal things. And it's just how you u- utilize him, right? You got a great running game. Just just throw 15, 20 times. Make sure the ball is completed. Keep yeah, everybody back bad. a little bit, and we're good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's fine, man. But moving on to to another subject here, I want to talk about your Gators, staying in the lines of football. 
Oh boy. I, I know you guys I, lost. We talk about gators. We're talking about your hurricanes. Oh yeah, that's fine. I'm, we talk about my gators and the 19 positive COVID tests. <laughs> that's what I want to talk we're about. We're gonna talk about the 35 point blowout. Okay, listen. The in in a pandemic where in Miami is the the center of of the coronavirus, we have not had any positive cases. I know. What uh, do you think the Gators ignored protocols to have 19? Because it wasn't 19 over time. It was literally within, like, what, that's Sunday, Monday? 24 to 48 hours. Jesus. They had to be ignoring. And isn't Mullen the one calling for 80,000 people to be in the stands when they play LSU? Oh, yeah. Bro, there's no way. There's no way you have all those people come in there and you know you... I don't know. I think they ignored it like the Titans did, the Tennessee Titans did, and they kind of had to put a sanction on them as well. I think I think the Gators ignored uh, protocols here, man. I really do. I'm going to stop you there. Okay. I know exactly who's responsible for this. Do you? I do. Please, we, we need to know. Jimbo Fisher, Texas a <laughs> They did it. They did it. When a Gator came on the sideline, he sprayed him with Corona? Absolutely right. <laughs> That's it. The jersey... The jersey was probably sprayed pregame. Right, right. The jerseys are being hung and, you know, probably, you know, using some, some type of thing. They just sprayed that, they sprayed the balls. Right. Whatever it is, whatever it is, something in Texas. They probably did like the water bottle in Georgia. Remember the guy in Georgia sideline scoring the water bottle? Go. That's exactly what happened. it. That's what happened. That's exactly A little it. Corona juice. That's exactly it. Take corona that back juice. over there. Yeah. No, but, but I, I do think. The Gators weren't following the protocol to the to the extent of the law, right. the way it needed to be. Um, we're gonna find out real quick because I, I you know, I, I'm interested to see what happens with Texas A&M. Right? Do they have players? Because they just played not that long ago. And, and that's another great question. Do you? I, I'm pretty sure they're testing them, but but because they're around positive cases, you remember how that goes—the freaking contact oh, yeah. tracing. Oh, yeah, you start going backwards now. So how does Texas A&M Texas A&M play another game? You know, uh, maybe they were trying to get out of a game and they figured, well, we'll just give Florida some coronaviruses and we'll pretend like we don't want to play this team. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I, it, it's just weird that you go from none Zero to, to 19. 19. Yeah, that's, that's too fast. like that overnight. You know, maybe the Gators, after the loss, hit up a nightclub. We're <laughs> <laughs> wearing any mask and, and like YOLO, and, forget this and, stuff. And, and that's it. And that's it. And they're like, you know what, LSU who? That's a we good point. We, we don't want to play LSU, so we'll we'll get some COVID tests in and and skip LSU, move on in our schedule. And, and you know. really don't you really don't know if it's a false positive. You don't know what kind of test they take because oh, again, yeah. like we like we would find out like this guy might not even have, he has no symptoms. He's not even asymptomatic. This guy just has allergies or something. You don't you have no clue. But it is kind of weird from zero to nineteen real quick in twenty four to forty eight hours, and now possibly not playing your next game. So. So I think there's more to come out there out of out of Gainesville when it when it comes down. Uh, news speaking in Florida, I just want to give a quick, quick love. Even though I'm a Miami Hurricane, I want to give a quick, quick shout out and prayers and recovery to Bobby Bowden who was hospitalized for COVID nineteen. I don't know if you heard about. It. So I I want to make sure he's okay. God bless him. I mean, again, I'm a Hurricane. I don't wish death on nobody. Um, only when we're playing and then we're done. But <laughs> You know, God bless Bobby Bowden. I hope he's doing okay. Uh, the other guy I want to make sure is okay is, is our very own Joshua Youngblood. He was here on the show. He was one of our very first guests that was here on On The Clock Radio. Uh, Joshua Youngblood plays for Kansas State. An amazing athlete, amazing uh, person, man. We got to talk to him. He's a freaking hilarious kid. And now he's entering the transfer portal. 
So on the clock, radio fans, I'm gonna let you know now. We're gonna we're gonna try to go get in contact with Joshua to see what's going on. But what are some reasons that a person of his stature, because this isn't just some kid now. This is this is Joshua Youngblood, well known, entering the transfer portal. And if he's entered transfer portal, do you think he comes back to come back home to Tampa and play for USF? I don't know. I don't know if USF is a destination. I do think he comes back home. Right. I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm kind of lost for words because he was practicing. He was, you know, I saw some some clips of a practice film that he had right. out there as well. He was doing well, and to go from that to to entering the transfer portal was was interesting. It was, man. And I hope that I didn't hear about no altercation. I didn't hear about you know something with grades or anything like that. So it leads me to believe that something. Had to happen. Now, earlier in the year, remember, they had the, that trouble at Kansas State with uh, the individuals making those racial racial comments. Remember, Kansas State right. wanted to lead right. the charge and getting that kid kicked out of school. I don't know if something like that might have happened again, uh, but I would be very interested to see because, I, we, you know, I really love watching Josh Youngblood play, and I, I hope he doesn't um, – I hope he's doing it for the right reason. Well, you know what? I, I know he's doing it for the right reasons. Like, I, I know yeah. – yeah, and and it's interesting that he he goes into the portal just several days after immediate eligibility rule came out, where you can transfer and be eligible right away. Right, you saw you saw Bowman, highly recruited running back here at a Lakeland in Florida, right. left Clemson, is expected to now be at Florida. Yep. As a running back there, um, and he's granted immediate eligibility from 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 our sources. You wonder if if Joshua is doing the same thing. It has to uh, be. It has to be playing time because I mean, in, in the first four games, because I've been again, I've been watching Kansas State. I've been keeping up with him. In the first four games, he's only made two appearances. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He's only been on two of the team's first four games. That's it. He's recorded kick re- and remember he's an amazing kick returner. He's only recorded fifty four yards with zero touchdowns. I think the frustration has set in that they're not letting him play now. Again, maybe again we we talked about locker rooms earlier. We talked about things that go on. We have no idea, but it'd be good to see see what's happening with Josh Youngblood. We'll check in with him and let you guys know what goes on with the next show. Uh, my other last take I want to get from you, man. Not even the last take, but the last uh, uh, football opinion I want to get from you. The Heisman Trophy. If you had to give the Heisman Trophy to somebody right now in college football, or not even give it to them, who do you think is on the board for the Heisman? Who's who's the front runner? To be determined. Yeah. Because the Big Ten still hasn't kicked off. And you got some some big time guys, you know, at Ohio State that yeah. they're gonna be on the list for sure. But if we're going off of today. What's being done today? I definitely think you have Trevor Lawrence. To me, is my front runner. Yeah, for sure. Um, you think Kyle Trask from from Florida is in the mix? I don't think he's up there. I think he's towards the bottom. Well, I know. I think he's like number four on the pick. If I had to pick yeah, four or five, I think he's yeah. up there considering what he's doing at Florida. Najee Harris. Yeah, and he's doing he's doing extremely well. Yeah. Um, but to me, to be determined because I want to see the Big Ten come out and play. There's a lot of there's a lot of great, great elite 
players there in, in the big in the Big Ten there. So yeah, um, I've been seeing there. I think a couple of guys fill those spots there. What about for you? Who do you have? I mean, uh, Trevor Lawrence has been on fire, and you know, watching him torch my freaking Miami uh, Hurricanes team. You know, and of course, I know how good the kid is. And we spoke about it last podcast. If I was him, I'm not going to the Jets. I'm not going through those problems. <laughs> Come back for my senior year. Uh, but, you know, Trevor Lawrence, to me, is a front runner. You know who's close behind him in, in my book, man? And and you're going you're gonna to laugh about this. I think quarterback Mac Jones from Alabama. I think he's a close second behind okay. him um, just because the numbers are freaking unbelievable. Like his numbers and, and percentages and throws and, eight, you know, eight touchdowns with only one pick and a thousand. Like he's he, to me, is closest to Trevor Lawrence. I think that's a that's a a good matchup. And again, I know they got to pick the the Heisman Trophy winner before they play a national championship. But I wish this year they would pick it afterwards because if Alabama meets Clemson, that to me would be who would win the Heisman. But um, Mac Jones, Najee Harris, also at Alabama, will be three. I think your quarterback Trask for me would be four. If I had to pick a top five, it'd be him. And I really, you hit it on the head too. I want to see Justin Fields. I really liked how he played last year. I really liked how Justin Fields played last year at Ohio State. I don't think he. I think he can. I think he can. I think he can beat Trask, and I think he can beat Najee Harris. It'd be nice to see a three-way tie here with Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, and him. Um, and there's a lot of honorable mentions, but those are the best ones I think right now. Without even stepping on the field as Ohio State, I think Justin Fields will still be a Heisman candidate if he played all the games right now. Agreed. Agreed. You know what I mean? Um, Speaking of, of the best of the best, you're LeBron James and the L.A. Lakers. Like, God bless them. My Miami Heat took a shellacking whooping from them. You know what I mean? Uh, with a very determined L.A., Anthony Davis and LeBron James just leading the way with that team and, and doing exactly whatever they want to do with us, uh, making us look like they're playing their little brothers in a pickup game. That's exactly what it looked like yeah, for a little bit. Thirty-point game at halftime. It was, man, and then God bless the Miami Heat. And and I tell you what, uh, what I like to see was during timeouts, even though it's a blowout, they're freaking, they're all in the huddle, they're all freaking trying to get started. You know, when you're they getting blown believe, out, they all believe you can still come back, right? People will be off looking around, and but that's culture, and, and that's what you like to see. Um, and Jimmy Butler announced that you know earlier this week that he is vowing to play at. Miami Heat again. He's he he promised them a championship and he did not uphold his bargain, up uh, uphold his side of the bargain. So, I love uh, Jimmy Butler. I wasn't a fan before. I'm a fan now of just seeing what he did with the bubble and how he's carried himself. And bro, I'm telling you, man, I, I'm I'm a real big fan of Jimmy Butler. But your LeBron James said something in those post game interviews that we got to talk about. He wants his respect, bro. Does he get his respect? And is he did he pass Jordan? winning his fourth NBA title and with his third team. What do you think? It's difficult to talk about this because did he pass him? Again, off the court, he's passed him a long time ago. Oh, absolutely. Off the court a long time ago. LeBron James, so let's think about before LeBron James, what the Lakers were post Kobe, before LeBron, they were a laughing stock. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. When when he came back to Cleveland, would you say they were? The, you say they were the equal to the Knicks? What the Knicks are now? Yeah, for yeah, sure. Right? Okay, good. for sure. Same thing with Cleveland, Miami, not so much because D Wade was holding it down. 
Right, so they weren't laughing stock, but they they, they were a par team. They were five, four seed in the East. To see what he's done now with three different teams, you know, one in championship with Miami, one with Cleveland, now he's one win with LA. The amount of pressure that are on him, and, and the one thing that I'll leave you with is this. LeBron is doing this at his 17th year. MJ, who went 15 years, was washed down quite a bit when we saw him with the Warriors. Or, my apologies, with, with the Wizards. When he was playing with the Wizards, right. he was washed down. He was averaging 16 points a game. Right. He couldn't carry them. You're seeing LeBron at 17 years in the league still take over a basketball game. I don't think he's past him, but I think he's that much closer. If LeBron wins one in year 18, because year 18 is going to be the toughest year of his entire career. Yeah. Because you got Steph and Clay coming back. Yep. Right. You got Giannis, and, and who knows where he's going to end up going. Yeah. I think he ends up going to Miami, to, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think he's going to Miami, teaming up with Jimmy Butler and, and that crew there. You got the Celtics with Tatum, who's emerging as a superstar. You got the Nuggets and the, the run that they went on in the playoffs. If he wins it in year 18 and gets number five at 18 years in the league. Think about it, 18 years in the league. Some of these guys that he's playing with that are superstars weren't born yet right. when he entered the league. It's true. To me, at year 18, he was he wins the next one at number five. He is now the all-time greatest player to ever play the game. Okay. I hear what you're saying. And this is where it's not He is chasing something. He is not going to receive right now. He's He wants his respect. He wants to be GOAT status. People want to give it to him now. He cannot achieve GOAT status right now. He Until the league misses him is when he'll achieve it. Does that make any sense? Like when, when the, he's out of the game for five years, they're going to look back and like, this is why he was so dominant. Like, this is why he crumbled the East. This is why he, he made the West bend to what he wanted. Now, this Laker team is unlike any other team he's been with, even when he was with the Heat in Cleveland especially. You know what I mean? You have a, a, a freaking stars all around. I mean, they, they, these guys could be starting somewhere else. Quinn Cook was with the Golden State Warriors. He played well, coming out of Duke. Like He's a basketball player. Anthony Davis, Danny Green, Dwight Howard, LeBron James. Danny, Green. Danny Green's terrible. Danny Green, and I get, I, yeah, he's terrible now. <laughs> Danny Green in San Antonio was deadly. Pop knew how to get him in the corner and, and do what he got to do. McGee, you got Morris. You know what I mean? You got Rondo on this team. You know, J.R. Smith. Like yeah, you, Rondo, Rondo's in his mid to late. Rondo's on the other side of his career. But, but bro, Rondo right now could be playing starting somewhere else. There's no you you know what I'm saying like 
Ron, you remember Rondo with the with the Celtics? Oh yeah. So to come off the bench fresh, where you don't have to play forty eight minutes, Rondo looks amazing. Rondo looks amazing. Like there's no drop off here, and and this Lakers team is unlike any other team LeBron has ever been on. Not taking away what they're supposed to. You're supposed to load up. You're supposed to win the game, and and I'm com- commending them. They did great. But LeBron James is not going to get his goat status until the game is missing him. That and, and MJ wasn't a goat until he left the game. MJ was the greatest star they ever played. We all noticed it. We all we all hated it, the fact that he he was the star, just like LeBron is now. You had guys that hated MJ when he was playing. I don't think anybody. There wasn't a soul in New York that didn't that didn't hate Michael Jordan. He was in their way every year. Um, Pacers, same thing. So. You have people that hated him as well. Now, LeBron is the greatest basketball player of our generation, of this generation, this right now. Our generation was MJ. This generation right, right now. When he gets done with the game and he leaves, absolutely. He's going to be GOAT status. To be in 10 finals is not easy. With three different teams, winning four of them. I know, and I know Mike won six. And some people say, well, that's the only argument you have. And that's the only argument you really have to give is that he won six. But MJ didn't go he to the finals. Four, six. Yep. Uh, MJ, MJ didn't go every year either. He needed Scotty. Right. He needed Kerr. He needed he needed he needed Phil. He needed Phil Jackson to know how to how to help him and Rodman. He needed those guys. And LeBron's the same way. He's no different. He can't do it by himself. But the, when the game, when he's out of the game and he lets his brawny come in there with Playing oh the game. Yeah. After he's done smoking weed. After he smokes his third <laughs> joint or whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? When he gets when he comes in, then then the game will the NBA will really miss him and you get to rank him as a GOAT. You know what I mean? Um he's amazing to watch, man. He really is. How I, many more years does he have left? I, I honestly I think he has 18, like, cause, cause, cause 18 going into his eighteenth year, you start to wonder. He's in such a shape. He, he I, I don't know, man. I would say two to three years. Two to three years, LeBron's done. Right, and again, think so. we think we think so. LeBron might be coming off the bench on some other team, which I don't think he does. I think he he walks out, and he's done. He doesn't become a bench player. But I think I don't LeBron know. will be the Tom Brady of the NBA, and that if very right, he very so. I think he still has another four, five elite. How years how old is he now? Thirty four, thirty three, something like that. I, I think so. Yeah, I man, it's tough, man. It's tough. It's tough. I don't know. I know he's got a couple years. He, he it, it was amazing to see the finals, and I know, I know he 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 did his thing, man. And I'm, at thirty five years old, LeBron James will be. He'll be probably playing till he's forty. Who knows? He just keeps himself in such a good shape. Right yeah, he, bro, he's six nine, bro, two fifty. Yeah, running down a basketball court with a basketball. No ball in his hand. He get you. You get you get trucked over like like Derrick Henry did that cornerback. <laughs> Stiff arm the same way. Oh hell yeah! Do you think he stays in long enough to play with his son? Yeah, I think he plays one year with his son, and that's it. Yeah, I think he does that one year, one game. He might even he might retire and then come out of retirement just to play that one game. Just that one game, right? Yeah, I mean, and that's something that nobody else will have the record for doing. Nobody else will be able to take it away from him. And I think that'd be awesome. And again, you mentioned it earlier, man, off the court, he is the most amazing entrepreneur um, leader. The, the only step, the other, you're going to laugh at this, the only other step to, to really bring in LeBron James 
and be done like the other, like if you if he if he wanted to top his NBA career, he runs for president. <laughs> he run, uh, does he not? Oh boy! Wow! Think about that for a oh, second. Oh boy! And this show, this show has put things into motion, bro. There you go. We predict stuff. Into existence. Oh boy! We predict stuff. If he gets done with basketball, and he was like, you know what? I really want because he. Do you see him laying back as a, as a person as a person that no. helps out? I think he's going to be in the forefront. I think he's going to want to continue to make change. I think he's going to help people, man. To see that school and the and the apartment complex. If you listeners don't know, maybe you do know, the Promise School that LeBron James has um, for his students is just simply amazing, man. And then he has an apartment complex that's associated with it. So if you go to school, you're a single mom, he gets you a free apartment just so you can go to school. He finds you a job. There's a job center, the unemployment center down there that, that helps people find jobs. LeBron James is... is Freaking humanitarian. He he is all what's right in the world. Oh my God. You know what I'm saying? Marriage, his high school sweetheart, raising the kids, playing that you don't hear nothing negative about LeBron James. If people Never. try to make things negative. Oh yeah. But yeah, man. I think once he's done with the game, he'll he'll be good with it and he'll walk away, man. But um that hey, just so you know, George, that's all the time we got tonight, man. Or today, I apologize for today. We are so happy. <laughs> That sports is back. We got so much to talk about. I'm happy I got to talk with you, bro. That's going to be our show for October uh, uh, 14th, uh, 2020. Or something, excuse me, 2020. 2020. <laughs> for 2020. And uh, I hope you guys be safe, be careful, wear your mask, and we're going to see you again this Friday. If you enjoyed today's show, go ahead, follow, subscribe. That way you can get alerts when our show drops and get notified immediately. Visit our website, OTC. Sportstalk.com. You can find us on social media by simply searching on the clock radio. Join the debate. Visit our, our Facebook page at On the Clock Sports Talk on Facebook. Until next time, you're on the clock. <laughs>